0: hi everyone i'm your host toko and this is my podcast so the for that thank you so much for listening and as you can tell by the title we're going to be talking about why the superhero moral compass is not from god and it's far from god rather and this just came from like pure curiosity because i was watching a certain movie i can't remember the name and i was like hmm this person is deemed as the good guy but the things that he he does are quite morally ambiguous meaning that they just um there's neither right or wrong but that ambiguity is seen as right and it's like why is it acceptable for the superhero to be morally ambiguous and not the villain and yeah let's just you know dive right into it and the lord is so faithful to answer these questions that come from the word and that's the whole ethos of this podcast so i'm going to be in jeremiah 7 if i can just turn there and i think when i read it i was just like dang this is exactly what i was looking for this is exactly what i was getting at and i'm going to be reading from verse 21 yeah and it says um just the second part which says take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them yourselves and it's basically like what i got from that because in its context um this is talking about judah's persistent idolatry and you know in that like sentence or that part of the verse it's almost as if god is saying um idolize you're basically idolizing yourself so you might as well offer these sacrifices to yourself i'm like dang this is so true because sometimes most of the superheroes that we see and people that we deem as the good people kind of glorify themselves even if they're put into this humble role most of the time when we see like a lot of the avengers superheroes like i think one of the people who, who um is blatantly like out there like yeah i am I am that guy is Tony Stark and you know, we kinda like, oh, okay, he's kinda arrogant. And like he's just the outward version of a lot of what other superheroes are. And sometimes we can be those superheroes ourselves. We can adopt that. I'm not just trying to talk about superheroes because not everybody is into that. But the message in itself, the umbrella topic, is let's not try and save the world. You know? And I'm think I think I'm talking from um Hosanna Wang come up mistaken, who was the author of the book How Not to Save the World, and she's talking about it in the context of I think her book is in the context of um letting the Holy Spirit and the the Trinity in itself um work through you and do the heavy lifting while you just um faithfully obey. But I also want to take tackle that in my own perspective and talking about it from a like let's not idolize ourselves and think that just because we are Christian and we're saved that we can't I mean, we, we, we can't experience arrogance or vanity. I think that's self-idolatry, if I'm not mistaken. And we try as much as possible to save the world. And not even like in a, oh, the the burden is on me. Partly, yes, but more so in a like, oh, I'm Christian, so I'm righteous. So I might as well just, you know, show these sinners how it's done. But we forget that, you know, Paul said, all our sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. And yeah, so that's just like the little... Synopsis of this podcast episode, I'm gonna be like diving into that and just um kind of unpacking that and see where it takes, see where this goes, and you know, I think sometimes I don't blame people for trying to, you know, save people because sometimes when you experience God, I think not even sometimes, most of the time, when you experience God in a certain way, you want that for other people. I felt that I'm like, I want my classmates the people around me everyone to experience God in this way and you know and like let me actually step out and do that but the problem is because there's nothing wrong with that in itself um because Jesus said we must go out to make disciples of many nations but the problem is comes into play when we're doing it for our own selfish gain for out of our selfish ambition which is the direct like through the world that is described in Galatians 5 verse 22 if I'm not mistaken and you know that's when you know we have people persecuting people in other communities we have people shaming people for for their beliefs and making them feel bad for what they do and I'm just gonna say sometimes this church kind of fails other communities like the LGBTQIA plus community even just these abortion rights people just shame and come across as so condescending and, you know, judgmental that it really shies people away. And then we wonder why people, non-believers and worldly people are so sick of Christians. We wonder why, like, oh, why am I being persecuted? Sometimes, yes, we are direct enemies of the world when we're with God. But sometimes we need to understand why that's the case in some instances. Why do people have the feelings that they have towards Christians? I've been online and it's really, like... Disheartening and like painful to see people like shame Christians and like Ugh, I feel bad and I read into it and I'm like why do they why do they do why do they do that what they do why don't they like Christians and I see that the, that the church has failed them and I've seen that they have so much religious trauma and they have people constantly shaming them for their beliefs and where they are at life instead of meeting them where they are people are berating them and knocking them down and that can bring about a deep sense of hatred to general Christians. And I know it sounds really far-fetched, but, you know, one of the things that Jesus was, was compassionate. And we also have to be compassionate towards people who may not even like us. And it's hard. It really is hard. And, you know, we ha- we honestly have to do better as Christians and realize that, as it says in Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 12, if I'm not mistaken, It says that we're not fighting with flesh and blood. We're fighting with evil powers and principalities of the unseen world. So that means that our enemies aren't people because those people are created by God. Yes, they're created by God, side note. They're created by God. But it doesn't mean that they'll be saved. But that means that they're still created by God. They're still in the image of God. So let's respect that image. Let's approach that image with kindness because technically that's a brother in Christ. That's somebody who is branded or made by God, and who are we to go about judging when we we too have been judged, you know, and I just have so much compassion for people out there, and people who suffer so much because of angry or bigoted Christians, and just a bit of a side note in itself, like, one of the things that I do a lot, and I really, like, really encourage people to do so, is, like, when we see, a lot of worldly problems going down and it's being pointed at um, Christianity and all these things like the current climate of stuff and, you know, just the way where the world is going. I really implore people to get in its context, like get in the context of things before you speak. I'm not saying don't consult God. Consult God and also consult the problem and understand why people are upset because nobody wants to hear the Christian who's just going to say, oh yeah, you just love everyone, you know, it just comes across as ignorant and bigoted and we're just going to further perpetuate the stereotype that Christians are just like bigoted and, you know, hateful and all these things. Just understand why people are in those, in those feelings and having those feelings and read, research, understand, cross-reference, cross-reference it against scripture and understand why people are feeling the way that they do. Then you can give an opinion. That's just my opinion. That's just like from my understanding. Because when somebody comes to you, like, oh, how do you feel about this as a Christian? You don't want to be called off. You you want to be answering that from a from a from a place of lack of information. You don't want to be answering that from a uh, from a bigoted bigoted perspective. Come and use their languages and speak the the language that they speak. Listen, and I I think one of the things is also just to listen and you know, understand what they're trying to say and then and then use scripture in in that context because sometimes as Christians, we think saving the world is um, throwing scripture bombs at people and throwing them towards people's heads and being like, yes, this is what the scripture says, do, do it. I'm like, that doesn't really help because as a Christian, sometimes when I read these scriptures, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, when people are saying these things out of context, I'm like, what does that even mean? What more people who don't even have this Holy Spirit? People who don't even know what the Bible is fully. What more them? And, you know, that's how we, that's how we wrongfully save the world. And that's how we get it wrong. That's how we become morally ambiguous as, um, as I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast episode. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we not save the world? How do we come to God and realize that, you know, how do we let God lead, basically? In itself, we need to realize that we do not have control. You know, we do not have control because we didn't, we didn't create the world, number one. We weren't here in, in the times of the Bible. Even if, even if, even if that was the case, that, that's re- irrelevant. What I'm trying to say is that we don't even, we don't even know that much about the time of the Bible in terms of like being then experiencing it and being in the the place of Jesus. And even if we were, we'd still fall short. What more now? So we need to let, let God lead, let love, let go and let God basically and go where the spirit sends us because, you know, sometimes we feel too driven by something by our own um, morals not even by the discernment or the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We're just like, oh, it's just, gonna, it's just a Christian thing to go out there and preach to people. But did the Holy Spirit send you there? It may seem right, but did the Holy Spirit send you there? What if there was a seed meant to be watered by someone else and you're going there and disrupting that? What if it's something that the Lord hasn't even prepared you for, but you feel as though, oh, I'm just going to do it because I'm a Christian. You know, I'm just supposed to minister to, lo- to lost souls. We need to stop treating Christianity like a charity, like charity work, you know, because I've been a part of charity work. Sometimes people just throw themselves there to look good and get, to get extra credit, to get community service hours. There aren't even, there's not even heart in it. There's not even a love in it. And surprise, surprise, Paul spoke about, oh, if I can speak all the language in the world, um, but I do not have love, I'll be a, a noisy gong. And that is talking about doing things, that seem right, without the love of God, trying to save the world without love, is going to make you a noisy gong. People people see us Christians as noisy gongs, and that's how we get it wrong by saving the world. So essentially, we shouldn't even be saving the world. We should let Jesus save the world, and He already has. We know this. He saved the world by dying on the cross. God knew what He was doing. God is so in control that throughout scripture Jesus would cross-reference and refer to scripture that happened a long time ago because of that that's just that's just even evidence of God's hand at work that's why it happened because it was highlighting God it was highlighting the plans that God put in place thousands of years ago before Jesus's time i think i find it very that's my favorite part of the bible when the when the bible refers to itself Or when Jesus is talking about scripture that already happened. Or an instance that already happened. It just highlights the power of God. And how omnipresent and faithful he is to this world. Because God could have created another world. He could have. But he is faithful to this world. Because that's his creation. And he's God. So what I'm trying to say is that. Jesus already saved the world. So we don't have to go out and. Outdo ourselves and exhaust ourselves and try and do Christian things because essentially we'd be doing we'd be doing what people in the Old Testament did. We'll be legalistic, doing Christian or religious things to seem religious. Is that not what the is that, is, that, is that not what the old people in the Old Testament did? And so that's why it was so hard for them to be faithful because they were not doing it. Number one, with the heart, the the functioning of the Holy Spirit. And number two, which is more which which should be number one, is with love. You know? When we juxtapose the people of the Old Testament versus people after Jesus, totally different concepts. It was becoming it was taking it from, oh me, 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 I need to get clean. I need to be I need I need to perform this guilt offering. I need to go up there and perform this and give the sacrifice and all these things to to Jesus, so Jesus being the sacrifice and then to us going out there using that sacrifice that has already been laid and made to go out there with the help of the Holy Spirit. Big difference, huge, huge difference. And when we see that, when we see the difference, the difference is people getting saved. We see cases like Peter, one of the closest ones to Jesus, saving 3000 people at one go. How? Very, very, very powerful guy. Very, very powerful guy. Even Paul. People would just step into his shadow and then, or be in his shadow and get healed. How? The Holy Spirit, and they were doing it in love. We never really had those types of things in the Old Testament. Only the people that were sent by God were doing such things and they had love for God. They were absolutely adoring God. That's why they were the greats. Moses was literally walking side by side with God, um abraham faithful to god and that's how come we see them as bible greats david a man after god's own heart because he loved god that much that's why he's a great and it's not because he aspired to be great by his own selfish gain it was only because god made him great made them great all of them even esther you know let's talk about women even though she, it's not, the the story of Esther not necessarily, like, side note, a bit of a side note, the story of Esther doesn't really highlight God's hand, like, deliberately, like, oh, the, the Lord of, the Lord of Heaven's armies was saying this to Esther, no, it's just, like, literally from a person's perspective, but you can still see the hand of God, you can still see the Mordecai and Esther's devout love for God. And that's how come they save their, their people. What am I trying to say? We need to love God before we love people. We need to love God before we go out there and save people. We need to love God and love his people before we save people. You know, and that's even loving people who hate on us. People who say, oh, I don't like Christians because they think that they know it all. Love them. Oh, I don't like Christians because they... They come across as um, bigoted. Love them. It's hard. It's harder to love than it is to be indifferent. And people see love as this superficial thing, but it's a sacrifice because that's what Jesus taught us. He said, I'm paraphrasing here, um, greater is the love. Greater is he who lays down his life for one's friends. I think that's the verse, if I'm not mistaken. That was love. Jesus Shifted the the perspective of love from self love and this very like um selfish self self love to a sacrificial unconditional love, you know, and that's what God was trying to do, you know, but people did not see it, and Jesus came down on earth to show us what it was like, and then the people who listened were the ones that did the most and did. What we view as great, like I said about Paul and Peter. And we can do that as well. Not because like I again, not because we want to be great, it should not be that way, but because we have the love of God and we love God that much. And we have compassion for the people that God has created. That's how we save the world. And y'all, so this is a very, very short like um podcast episode, but I feel like there's a lot in there and I hope when you watch movies superhero movies you can kind of see what I was trying to say about the morally ambiguous superhero and the the hero who seems as though like oh they're doing right but there was a big like wrong that was that that costed that in the moment because you know being a being a superhero there's like there's always going to be a sacrifice, be it saving people and then someone dies, or someone dies and you know, vice versa. Something, something always, something is always lost essentially, and I think that's such a big burden to try and put upon yourself as a superhero, as a person. And I would, that's why we should let God be and let Him lead and let Him show us how it's done because He already showed us how it's done, and. Let the Holy Spirit lead us. I think that's the biggest. Those are the biggest tips. Just to summarize, like, how do we let go and let God? We realize that all are sinners, including ourselves and the people that we're trying to minister to and trying to save, and we approach them with love first of all, and love them first before we start, you know, spewing out all high-sounding Christian things, and we let the Holy Spirit lead us. You know, discern that and let Him speak through us. Because the Holy Spirit is that faithful, you know. If you just say, Holy Spirit, speak through me, he will speak through you. And even if we don't get the result that we wanted, we stepped in, We stepped out in love and we stepped out in obedience. So that's a win. That's all that God is requiring of us. And who knows? Maybe the Lord just wanted that seed to be planted and somebody else is going to come and water that. Somebody else is going to come and cultivate that. Somebody else is going to come and, you know, uproot that. And then eventually that person is going to be saved. Not everything is a Christian movie where, you know, the the unsaved person comes to the Christian and they pray and they become saved. You know, we've all have seen those like um Christian movies. That's just like, oh, yeah. And sometimes people get it so wrong, you know, even our fellow Christians get it so wrong. Like, from my experience, at least, unpopular opinion, nobody, most people don't get saved on the first go. Trust me. People don't just get saved like, oh, I pray for you and then boom, you're out there and on missionary trips all of a sudden, two days later. No. Most of the time they're tossing they're tussling and wrestling with their their sinful nature. And I think we should be able to reflect on our own lives when we're um about to minister to people and to save the world. Because even from my own life, when I was becoming properly saved about almost two years ago, I wrestled. I was like, no, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to cut this out because Jesus said that the the, the road is very narrow. That means you're going to have to lose some stuff on the way to fit and keep going on that narrow road. Otherwise, you're going to fall. So it's hard and we should be able to give them grace, even if they are um, angry because sometimes wrestling with some things like that and wrestling with the sinful things in our hearts in in our nature makes us angry and then we blame the person who caused these things and that's how come sometimes we encounter such quote-unquote mean-spirited unsaved people but they're just wrestling with those things they're just trying to get saved they're trying to um I was not not trying to get saved they're just trying to figure themselves out eternally because they're going through spiritual warfare inside from, from for the most part from my, from my experience at least and from other people's experiences that i've heard of it's not easy you know, even after you've become properly saved, you still battle things, you still have to pick up your cross daily and follow him so what more people who are still trying to be saved or on the pro in the process of being saved. so essentially let's give them grace let's let's not try and save the world let's let Jesus do that yep i hope so i hope we'll try and do that um thank you so much for listening i am so appreciative of people who listen i check the stats every every so often and i'm seeing people listen i'm like okay someone's listening i'm not just talking to the walls i'm just so thankful for you guys thank you so much i love you and most importantly the lord loves you As you may or may not know, Christians are being persecuted in other countries on a daily basis. So I believe it's up to us Christians, fellow believers in Christ, to support them either financially or spiritually. So would you please, please, please click the link in my bio under persecuted Christians, support them financially, and join me in prayer, either five minutes, two minutes a day, just to pray for them and pray for their strength and their courage to continue worshiping God and to continue following Jesus. Thank you.